Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm Matt Gentile alongside Drew Stevens, and we're going to do some questions that we have for some people on the Chicago Bulls as we get ready for training camp and media day. But first, I actually want to start off with with something here. Kind of a bittersweet day for the Rebuildable Podcast because our co-host here, Drew Stevens, is going to be stepping aside. And Drew, I'll, I'll let you take the floor on this, but uh, I know we've been talking about it for the last you know month or two about this day coming. Today is finally the day. So how are you feeling about all of it? Oh, man, it's, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Um, just first off, I've been, you know, given the opportunity to kind of provide content for the bigs exclusively for the bigs. So that is why I have stepped away from ONTAP Sportsnet, and that is why I am stepping away from um, the Rebuildable podcast as your regular co-host. Um, we can get more into it later on in this episode, but um, just it was it was one of those things where it's an opportunity that's presented to you, and you kind of you have to give it you know everything that you can give it to see where it can lead. You know, I've been fortunate enough to get back into writing and that led to me getting on with war media and then from war media to on tap from on tap to you in this, this podcast, man. And then to the big. So, I mean, it's, it's funny looking back now and it's always hard to kind of, zero in on the moment while you're in the moment, but just looking back on things like there really has been like a, a steady progression of doors that I've been very fortunate to have opened up for me. And this is another door that I am convinced that I need to go through. Like I owe it to myself to take as much advantage of this opportunity as I can um and that's pretty much what what went into the into the decision um you know it was not an easy decision to make just because there's a wonderful group of guys over there on tap that that pour their free time into what they do over there um and then of course you in this podcast man you reaching out to me and just give me the chance to to talk about the bulls the good, the bad, and the ugly that we've seen over the the course of this last year, um, you know, it's 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 been awesome. But I've got to see what what's down this road, what's down this path for me. A hundred percent. And when you had told me, and, and and you know, we had talked on the on the phone, you know, a couple months ago about it. Um, it seems like a couple months. It, maybe it's been shorter than that, but. Um, you know, when you, when you said it, like, I, I don't think I was really surprised. And, and I even said at the time to you, like, you got to do it. Like, mm -hmm. if you get that opportunity, you can't say no. And, um, you know, the one thing that I, and I'll just want to assure the listeners here, like, it, it's not like Drew's going to go away forever. Like, definitely <laughs> going to have Drew on still as a guest. And, you know, the door is always open no matter what, you know. He's like MJ, maybe in 93 or 98. Like there's there's a 99.9% .9 
or leaving, but just enough, just 0.1% chance that it could happen again. So, um, <laughs> of course, I'm kind of half kidding there. But, like, it, it's, you know, it's an opportunity that I'll, I'm glad you're you're pursuing and, and, and taking. And, you know, it it's one of those things that when you're offered that, it, if you had said no, like, you might have been kicking yourself, you know, and especially with everything with the bigs right now, like it's such a, a really good uh, website. It's a growing, uh, you know, digital content platform in Chicago sports. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Bulls coverage has been great. Bears coverage has been great there. So, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity for you, Drew. And, you know, you've, you've always been a really solid writer, but I am going to miss hearing I think you, you know, verbalize everything um, on the on that podcast platform. But I think with like it's the bigs, though, you still get a chance to to do that with like video content and stuff. I know that. And, um, you know, uh, again, though, we're, we're going to have an episode today. I, I do want to get into more of this with you, Drew, um, before we sign off. Um, but we will still talk some bowls because that's what we love doing. I, I think that's what Drew loves doing best. Um Drew doesn't like to talk about himself that much. So, <laughs> True. So I think we'll we'll definitely get into some of, some of these burning questions. But then at the end, um, I do want to give you a chance again to, you know, sign off, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the opportunity that that's coming for you ahead. Um, so let let's get into it. Not an easy transition, but let's get into, um, you know, what's coming soon. Like we're what almost a week away from the beginning of Bulls training camp and media day, which is always fun because there's always crazy optimism. It's mm-hmm. always interesting to hear from the leadership and, and brass of the Chicago Bulls, people like Billy Donovan, Arturis Karnasovas, Mark Eversley, um, and then from all the different players on the roster too. So it's going to be an interesting um, you know, time with, with media day coming up. And then, of course, the Bulls, right, they're going to – where are they going for for training camp? They're going to to Nashville, Memphis. I I forgot. <laughs> I should probably yeah, no. go there. They're they're um. You hit it. You hit it the nail on the head. They're going to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, um, to Belmont mm. College, if I'm not mistaken. Belmont University. I'm sorry, the Crockett Center there at yep. Belmont University. They'll spend the first um, week of training camp there. I believe there's one if not a few more teams that are also kind of holding parts of their training camps remotely as well. So it's not a unique situation to the Bulls necessarily, but I believe this is maybe the first time um, that they're kind of away from familiar surroundings. I think there was uh, a report or a comment made by um, NBC Sports Chicago's Casey Johnson that they had broached this idea in the past, but I don't think it came to fruition back then. Um hmm. So yeah, some something different, which I, I I thought was was interesting. Um, I thought that I read that it was particularly Billy Donovan's idea with input, obviously from his team and and their feelings about holding camp remotely. But between that and what we've seen on social media with them having a softball game at um, U.S. U.S. Cellular Field or guaranteed rate, I'm sorry. Man, so many different um, brand changes over there. I, I should have just called it Comiskey. That's that's what I started yeah. to do. But <laughs> um, like they're doing a lot of things, a lot of team bonding type of activities, which um, 
it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, even though that this team, for the most part, has been together the last couple seasons. Um, I like the fact that they're doing these types of things and trying to develop or even improve the chemistry that they already have. Um, it's going to be very important, as we've talked about on the last episode, that these guys come out swinging out of the gates and try to get, you know, as far ahead of last season's pace as they can if this team is going to remain intact uh, in terms of how we know it and keeping the front office from breaking it up and and going a different direction. So, um, yeah, man, it's just the vibes right now are decent, I would say. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a an interesting feeling in Bulls Nation. And I think, you know, if you live in Chicago with everything going on with like the Bears right now, um, you know, the White Sox, I feel like there's probably unintentional optimism. I think we've kind of been forced into it a little bit. Um, and, you know, we've talked to the last few episodes, um, you know, really since the free agency period. Like, in a vacuum, there's been some great moves. I, I guess great's maybe a too strong word, but good moves made by this team. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're interested to see, like, okay, can they be maybe, you know, competitive at least – slightly better than they were last year. Um, so I, I think it's kind of made Bulls fans in, in some circles cautiously optimistic. Um, now, optimistic for what exactly? Like quick improvement or, you know, getting into like the playoff picture. I, it, it's kind of hard to tell, right? Um, but yeah, it, I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see, um, you know, some of the things we hear from the uh, different, you know, players on the roster and, and leadership of the Chicago Bulls. So um, Drew and I actually have a little bit of a fun game planned here. So we're going to offer some questions. We're kind of going to do this almost like mock press conference style. Um, each of us is going to ask a question or pose a question that we would for a player, a coach, um, you know, management and, the other person's going to answer it as that person. So example would be like, I have a question for Billy Donovan and I would pose the question and drew would answer it as Billy Donovan. Now we'll probably take a little more creative Liberty, right? Drew, like sometimes <laughs> these guys don't really answer questions. So mm-hmm. we might, we might say like if they were given the truth serum before they answer the question, um, how would they answer this? So um, I know we, we each have a few questions. So, Drew, do you want to kick things off by asking your your first burning question to somebody on the Chicago Bulls? Yes, 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 yes. I think I'll save the, the Billy Donovan question um, for you. So I think I'll start off with asking AK, what is his benchmark or, excuse me, what is the benchmark that he feels this team needs to reach to avoid a major shakeup in the lead up to the trade deadline? You know, we, we heard kind of a, a very soft answer from Mark Eversley um, over the summer where he just 
said more wins, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm really interested to see if, if, if given a question where he has to be more specific and really kind of hone in on what it is he's looking for, which, you know, I'm sure he's not going to, to do, but something a little more concrete than just more wins. Okay. I'm going to inject AK with the truth serum here. Here we go. Here. Here we go. Put the needle in. All right. So I'll, <laughs> I'll answer it. Um, we need to be somewhere around 500, whether that's a couple games up, a couple games down, right at that 500 mark, and somewhere within the top part of the play-in tournament or bottom portion of the Easter Conference playoff picture to know um, whether or not we want to go full steam ahead and buy at the deadline. Um, If we're, you know, more than a few games under 500 and, you know, maybe we're flirting to get into like 9-10 in the Eastern Conference, but it's going to be a steep climb to move above that. And it's you know going to be a, a steep climb to even get into that spot. Then we're going to start selling off pieces, and you know we'll be using this beginning part of the season as as evaluation. So that's what I think he's thinking. And if we gave him the truth serum, that's how he would answer it. But now, what do you think he will say? I think he'll. I think he might do the soft answer that Eversley gave you, but. A benchmark. Um, like if, if I guess if he's if he's sugarcoating it, like what do you think you're actually going to hear from him? Yeah. Um, from AK. Oh, I guess actually, did I answer your question incorrectly? Like, I guess I looked at it as what is he expecting at the deadline? Like, are you asking like what do you think he actually thinks they're going to be at the deadline? No, no. So it's more of like. You know, have have him and Mark and, and him, Mark and Billy or whoever talked about, man, if these guys aren't at this level or in this position mm. in the standings or at this win total by this gotcha. time, we need to kind of gotcha. be operating differently. That that kind of that kind of question. Gotcha. Or, or that kind of that kind of mindset, I think. Gotcha. So okay, then then yeah, I guess like the way that I answered it would would make sense there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you think he's actually gonna say though, if that question gets asked? I think he will say probably something where he he references like being in the hunt for a postseason berth and he won't he'll be vague enough where we won't be able to directly look at oh well he said he wants to be six seven or eight seed at least you know he I don't think he'll give us that but he'll you know, one way or another, let us know that he wants this team to be in contention again for a postseason burst. I don't think it'll be far off from what you said, just not as specific. Um, I think that's kind of where he'll he'll go with that because the media day before, what what did he say? He said um, essentially that he wanted this team to not necessarily win a win a playoff round, but wasn't it like win a win a game, win more than one game or win two games or mm-hmm. um 
be the fifth seed, something of that nature. He didn't say that, but he, he again, gave a vague answer that we can kind of read between the lines of and say, oh, this is what he probably is looking at. Hmm. Yeah, and, like, I think he'll be vague enough where it's, like, be in the hunt. Where be in the hunt, like, is vague enough where, well, based on where things fall in the Eastern Conference at that point, like, you know, I, I mentioned being, like, more than a few games under 500. Let's say everybody kind of comes out flat and, and the East is really top-heavy. Well, there could be a lot of teams that are, you know, more than a few games under 500 from, you know, that 7 to 13 range all fighting in that spot. And, you know, that keeps it vague enough, I guess, right? Like, yeah. if, you have, if you have that much competition, where I think maybe in his head and in Mark Eversley's head, that might actually be sort of like, all right, well, maybe it's now time to you know, sell off somebody like a, a Zach Levine. Because, you know, there's clearly a lot of smoke there. Like, I think that might open the door to, to something like that. But Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, I have a, I have a question for Billy Donovan. <laughs> Coach Donovan. So, um, hey, what exactly is Dalen Terry's role on this team? <laughs> I'm serious. What, what exactly is Dalen Terry's role? Dalen Terry's role, given the additions made this offseason and you know the fact that he was a a, a first round pick in 2022. Um, where do you see him in this rotation? Is he not going to be in this rotation this coming season? <laughs> okay, so I think I'm ready to grill you, Billy. Yeah, so I think. <laughs> I think Billy's answer would be basically that, you know, let me put my Billy Donovan glasses on or my, 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 my spearmint gum or whatever. Um, he chews a great gum, by the way. Does a great <laughs> job chewing that gum. He chomps away at that son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, Dale and Terry, we drafted Dale and Terry, or Dale and Terry is on this team for the same reasons that we felt comfortable drafting him. Two summers ago, he is somebody that is going to go balls to the wall for us. He's going to play phenomenal defense, on-ball defense. He's somebody that is unselfish and is going to move the ball when given the opportunity, and he sees a window to do so. That being said, it's 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 on Dalen to carve out a role for himself on this team. You know, we went out and we got Javon Carter and Tory Craig, two guys who for all intents and purposes are ahead of him in the rotation, which on paper looks to be about 10 players deep. And that's not including Dalen. It's on Dalen to process the game a little bit quicker, have the game comes him, in a more slow fashion so that he can understand what he's seeing out there on the court and be able to move accordingly. The thing that's probably going to separate Dalen from the rest of the guys who I foresee getting regular rotational minutes is if he can start to knock down open shots. He's been working with our new shooting coach, Peter Patton, 
The two have a great relationship. Um, they're in here every morning getting shots up. And Peter has been on Dalen about being shot ready. And if that can translate on the court, then there is a definite pathway for Dalen to get more minutes than he did last season. But again, we are pushing for a playoff berth, and we have a group of veterans who we feel comfortable giving the lion's share of minutes to right now. Damn, that was that was really spot on for Billy Donovan. Again, if it was just a little more rapid with the gum, I think would have been perfect. <laughs> but yeah, and that's exactly what I'm. I probably anticipate is something along those lines of, "Hey, Dalen." It, it's really on you to start to, to earn that right to earn those minutes like that's it's not a way of like uh you know coming out directly and saying that to the whole media and all bulls fans that like hey kid like you know put up or shut up but sort of a way of saying hey you have to start you know earning those minutes um it's it's always an interesting thing to me like it's that chicken or the egg thing right like is Dalen Terry a good enough player to be drafted in the position he was drafted in, or are the Bulls doing a disservice of not developing him to his full strengths? Right, like it, it, that's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of hard to know. It's it's like again, not to mention this team again. It's like the debate going on here in Chicago about the Bears and Justin Fields. Right, it's it's same kind of argument now. Again, yeah. quarterback Fields much more high profile than Dalen Terry is, but. You know, it's it's kind of a, a similar type of question, right? But um like I don't know, I, I kind of I find myself wavering back and forth on that. And this is just sort of an aside, but like Drew are do you think that the Bulls are doing Dale and Terry a disservice, or do you think he might have been overdrafted for you know who he is or what kind of player he is? I I don't think they're doing him a disservice. Because I think if any player is that good, they're going to get on the court no matter what, whether their jump shot is falling or not. The tricky part is in these drafts, we all we always hear about how teams go after the best player available and not necessarily need. My thing is, though, because the Bulls are in a position where, you know, they've been gunning for relevancy and postseason births like would they have been better served going for going for somebody that was more NBA ready but again you know I think conventional wisdom is you always go after the best player available and not necessarily guys who have specific skill sets to fit your team and I'm sure that's what the Bulls may have been thinking about even this last summer with Julian Phillips like Everybody knows that this team is looking for um, more shooting, more rim protection. And, you know, while as fans and observers, we hope that Julian Phillips grows into that and we hope that Dale and Terry can be more of the player he was in, even better than the player he was in college in terms of um, his three-point marksmanship and being able to play without the ball and, being that selfless guy we know him to be. They're just this kind of um, 
headbutting kind of themes going on with this team. Um, but at the same time, again, if Dalen is as good as they thought he was to be able to draft them with the 18th pick a couple summers ago, then that's on him, you know. Um, if they weren't a franchise and a team that was trying to win now and they still weren't, and they still weren't giving him minutes, then maybe I'd say they're doing him a disservice. But mm. as it stands right now, like there's a clear cut path to him to get his minutes. And I believe he knows what he has to do to get those minutes. You know, there <laughs> it's, it's laid out for him. And, and the big part of that is shooting. He knows that he's known that since he was drafted. And I think the media um, fans alike have been questioning how good of a shooter he was when he came out of school and how good of a shooter he could be. So, I mean, that's still on the docket for him in terms of areas of improvement or areas of his game that he needs to improve. So, no, I don't think they're doing him a disservice, um, at least as it stands right now with them, again, going full bore into uh, trying to be a, a legit postseason contender. So I'm I'm with you a little bit because I do think eventually talent has to rise to the top, right? Like still the old, you know, macho man thing. You know, the cream always rises to the top, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think this kind of goes back to well, why the Bulls drafted him in the first place? You know, like to me, there was always this void of shooting on the Bulls, and it's like you know, it's hard to like go back and look at that draft. But could you have found a way to add somebody that might have had more of a uh, um, filled more of a need for you. And, you know, if, if you could have found like somebody that was a little more of a marksman or, um, you know, that would have made more sense than trying to go and, and get somebody that might have been a little more of a project, right? Like, you loved what he brought to you defensively. There was a lot of like grit to his game and, you know, decent athleticism, but, you know, not a great shooter and kind of weird, like, that they, focused on that when, you know, you had a, a draft here, you had a number, you know, first round pick, you know, if, at, coming out of a year where you didn't have a first round pick the year before, and you knew good chance the next year, you might not get that pick too. So it's just kind of, it. I'm not saying that they're doing him a, a disservice directly, but I'm, I'm still not sure why they, they did it in the first place. I think that's the one thing that's a little frustrating with the whole Dale and Terry situation. So yeah. um, just, my two cents on that, but okay, Drew, you have next question, sir. So this question would be for <laughs> Javon Carter. Oh, um, you know he's he's had stops in Memphis and Phoenix and Brooklyn and of course Milwaukee before making his way back to his hometown team, but um, you know he's. Played against the Bulls several times, especially over the course of the last two seasons. I would want to know what weaknesses have you seen in this team that you feel like you can now shore up? I think somebody like Javon Carter would probably say something on lines of, I, I think I can bring a little bit of a, a stabilizing force and leadership to the roster. Uh, you know, that, that's really important for you know, uh, this kind of unit where you have, you know, three guys like Zach and DeMar and, and Vooch, you know, younger players like Pat and, and Kobe. I think I could bring a stabilizing force that could, you know, ensure that, you know, everybody 
gets what they need, right? Make sure that every that you know Vooch gets the touches he needs because you know if he's going, everything's going right. If you know Demar and, and Zach are getting balanced touches, everything's going right. And you know I can get these young guys a little more involved in the offense. Um, you know I, I think that's that's got to be my role as you know the point guard on this team. So I think and I think he'll kind of answer along those lines. He would answer a question like that. I think he's going to paint that, you know, he, he could be a stabilizing force um, and probably speak confidently and, and kind of show like, hey, this I'm cool doing any role. But, you know, I, I do want to be a, a stabilizing point guard, whether that's starting or coming off the bench. So I think that's kind of going to be way that he would frame that is he wants to be somebody that's, you know, filling that role that. You know, Lonzo Ball filled two years ago and that Pat Bev did, you know, for a little bit um, as, you know, in those last 23 games of the, the 2023 season. Um, I think there, he also might bring up the fact like, you know, I also want to be able to, you know, give the team more consistency from, you know, behind the arc a little bit and, and be able to, you know, keep improving my three point shot and, you know, make that something that can help this team, you know, this season for the years to come. So I, th- I think something along those lines, it's, it's interesting with Javon Carter, you, you kind of hear from the media that's covered him that, you know, he's a really good, like guy in the locker room. A lot of the other players gravitate to him, but with the media, very quiet, like doesn't give you a lot, like very, measured in his response or sometimes doesn't even say much at all. So it'll be mm. interesting. I, I kind of can't wait to hear him talk because we really haven't, you know, had that opportunity yet. Yeah, same here. Um he did speak with um Matt Peck and mm-hmm. Will Gottlieb and, and Big Dave over at um CHGO uh during Bulls Fest one of those days and he he's 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 a very confident guy, but like you said, he's he's he is not a man or wasn't a man of many words during that interview until they started kind of asking him about, you know, being back home, asking him about his, um, the foundation he has, Mm -hmm. uh, the name of it escapes me, but he kind of, he kind of lit up a little bit, at least for him when Mm -hmm. the conversation went that way. So, you know, I'm not sure if he'll answer that question straight away. Um, but I am interested to see what he brings. And you you bring up a good point. I wonder if he says anything about who he is in a locker room and what kind of what kind of leader he feels that he is too. Is you know, is he more of a vocal guy or um a lead by example kind of guy? Mm. Yeah, it it'll be it'll be interesting because um you know, I, I think it will tell us a lot too, like where his head's at about where you know he might think his role is too. Um, like I said, I don't think he's going to come out and say, oh, yeah, well, I'm I'm the starting point guard. I don't think it'll be along those lines, but I think he'll, you know, you know, probably say the right things that, you know, he, he's here to fill any role that they need him to fill. But I think he'll speak confidently as to what he can bring to the team. And I, I do think he can bring a bit of a stabilizing force, which is why I'm excited to, to see him with with this roster and kind of see him you know, operate with the big three when he gets those chances. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm 
definitely looking forward to hearing from him and, and seeing him in some of the, the preseason games too when things kick off. Um, hey, I, I got a question for Zach Levine. <laughs> okay, Zach. So, Zach, how do you feel about all these trade rumors surrounding your name? Come, <laughs> Mr. Million Dollar Man. You know? <laughs> I think it's it's part of the game at this point in my career. I've I've gotten accustomed to hearing my name in trade speculation. Um, it's not a fun part of the business, but you know, going into my tenth year in this league and being around this league for as long as I have, I understand what it is. But it's my job to go out there and and play basketball and, and be the best Zach Levine I can be for the Chicago Bulls while I am still a Chicago Bull. Yeah, and I think that's probably how he's going to answer it. Now, my follow-up for just you, Drew, how, what do you think he's actually thinking in his head? <laughs> um, Get me the fuck out of here. No, I'm just... I think he's probably thinking, you know, man, I think there's a part of him that's probably annoyed mm. and it may come across if he is asked the question of this nature, I'm sure it'll come across in his response to, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but I think he may just be at the point where it's like, whatever, man, like if my, my name's going to be out there. It's going to be out there. Either way it goes, I'm going to be here playing basketball, um, playing my game, whether it's here in Chicago or Los Angeles or, wherever it may be i'm i'm gonna be me wherever i am i kind of think that's what his mindset is or, or what it will be you know control what you can control and try not to harbor on the things that are outside of your control too much hmm. yeah and, and i i think the way you described to just to go back a little bit when you said like i think probably annoyed i and i that's one thing like with Zach, you can always tell when he seems a little annoyed and you know, and I'm sure this probably annoys him just a little bit. Cause it's like, Hey, come on. Like I went into, you know, Toronto and I, I, you know, won you one of these play in games, I've, you know, really every year showed incremental improvement. And the year that I came back from uh, surgery, I, you know, had a rough start, but then I came on strong, you know, towards the end of the year and gave you almost the, that same production that I did before. I I could see like why he would feel annoyed a little bit like, right, really, you're, you're putting me in these trade rumors like you guys want to get older, like instead of, you know, get younger, like well, we'll get into some of the, you know, smoke that's been going on with Dame Willard and all that. But you know, I'm sure it's it's got to be frustrating, you know, for, for a guy like him because think about the moment he's walked into the Bulls organization. He's, I feel like in, in some ways, always felt maybe a little slighted. Like, if, if you think back to the whole offer sheet stuff, right, Bulls basically letting him go out and, and do that, and they end up matching the offer sheet from the Sacramento Kings. You know, it was sort of like a really, like, you're going to go let me hit the open market. I'm young and you know, I you know I'm coming off that coming off the ACL, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling healthy. So I could see maybe in the back of his head, like with these r rumors swirling around feeling that 
little bit of a chip on his shoulder and feeling a bit annoyed. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of followed him around in one mm-hmm. shape, form, fashion, or another um, it, since he's been in the league. So I, I can definitely see that kind of – I wouldn't say fueling him because he just seems to be like a self-driven, self-motivated guy just yeah. in and of himself. Um, he definitely wants to win. I know that's somewhat of a running joke just considering um, the teams he's been a part of and uh, the, the the kind of stigma he's gotten for not being a winning player. But, you know, I don't, I don't think he plays this game uh, just to be known as one of the more efficient scorers in the league. Like, he, he legit wants to win ball games. No, I, I, I agree with that 100% too. And, like, it's also got to be frustrating and – I know this is more of an individual accomplishment, but like every offseason when lists come out of the top players, it's got to suck. Like some of the names that you see ahead of them on some of these lists, it's like, really? Like, I, I mean, I get maybe it's because we're we're Chicago, you know, we're in Chicago. We, you know, watch this team consistently, but you're sometimes surprised at like the, the amount of and I hate to use this, but amount of like disrespect he gets nationally. And I think it kind of even speaks to like, sometimes when these trade rumors swirl around, like the packages that, that get thrown out there from other fan bases or, or just what you hear from like, you know, league circles and, and reports that, that come out um, of rumors around the league. It, it's, it's fascinating to kind of see like how that follows him around so much. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm sure if that question pops up, it will probably have an annoyed look on his face. Um, yeah. So, all right, Drew. What's uh? Let's let's do one more question each. So, what's uh? What's one other burning question you got? I think I will go back to Billy Donovan, and my question is: You got your gum ready? Chewing it right now. <laughs> So, so Billy, this team has fallen short of expert expectations on the offensive side of the ball the last two seasons in spite of having three guys in Zach DeMar and Nicola who are, you know, known to be offensive weapons in one um, way or another. What is going to make this upcoming season any different than the last two we've seen from this team offensively I think we have a little more stability right now I think this is how he would answer I think we have a little more stability right now you know bringing in um, uh, you know Javon and bringing in uh, Tory Craig I think we have a little more balance where we need it um, you know kind of similar to, to where we were a couple of years ago with Lonzo I, I think we have you know, the ability to kind of balance things out with a little more perimeter shooting. Um, I like that we have, uh, you know, younger guys that are, are continuing to get better. I think what we saw from Kobe White and Patrick Williams at the end of last year and, and really Kobe the whole year, but Patrick towards the end of the year, I think it's going to give us a little more, uh, you know, versatility with our the rotations we can put out there. Um, so I think... You know, having that balance and, and maybe more efficient scoring uh, and more uh, ability to, you know, shoot the three better, I think will, you know, only enhance what we can do 
offensively and give us more opportunities to be flexible with our rotation. So I think it's going to be a, a, a much more, you know, uh, a much, a much more fluid and efficient offense. And I think, uh, you know, that will only help us because you kind of saw at the end of last season when, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Beverly in the rotation, like what it, what it did for, you know, for our offense and, and what, what it did for our team down the stretch there going 14 and nine. And I could, I, I think we're going to see, you know, a lot of, a lot of the same things, but even better with the ability to, you know, have more versatility from, from beyond the arc. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for what we can do offensively and the rest of us Bulls fans will kind of look and bang our head on the table at the end. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you, what do you think? Is that something that you're kind of anticipating from him is just kind of speaking to the two major additions and, you know, improvement of the young guys. I feel like he's going to throw a lot of it their way then to the big three, you know, still needing to, to click. I think he's going to kind of throw it to everybody else. Yeah. I think he's, he's definitely going to tout Javon Carter and, and Tory Craig and maybe even the, the development of Kobe white and the possible development of, Patrick Williams on the offensive side of the ball. I really would rather him talk about as a staff what they're going to do to get more out of this team. Obviously, you know, they can't give us the nuts and bolts of everything, but in the same way, or, you know, we, we see these, some of these NBA players during the summertime, they get these viral videos that come out and we see what they're working on in the summertime to a certain degree. We don't get that with coaches. So I want to know what what's the process like for him and or what was the process like for him and his coaching staff and what new tricks or what new schemes, what new ideas do they have in store to make sure that this offense like is what it should be or what it could be um, with the group of guys that they have. Like how can they get the most out of everybody on this team and not just fall back into hero ball, mm. which there's a time and place for that, no doubt, especially when uh, you got two of the better isolation scores in the game. Um, but just for the sake of the team and playoff positioning and it playing up to its standard or its caliber or where we think it might be able to go, what can be done? You know, what mm. – what's going to make this different than last year. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like you would love to like get inside his head and, and really understand like, what is it that, you know, they're thinking even from like philosophical standpoint or just rotation wise, it'd be great to kind of like know if they think they need to do like a better job to kind of like stagger everybody a, a little bit better to kind of just get the right, guys that mesh well on the floor together at the same time, even like it would be nice to kind of get more insight into that. And I think the, the question will probably get answered in, in the preseason and kind of seeing sneak peeks of what this rotation might look like. Um, I know like, that's what I'm really excited about with just kind of getting into like that mold of the different games to know, like, you know, what they're thinking about rolling out there and, in, in the regular season. Cause one thing that I've noticed drew in years past, at least under Billy Donovan, you kind of get a lot of answers from the preseason from him. 
Like if you if you watch a lot of like the games like like we saw in the 21 22 season and last year, like you kind of see what they're planning to do when the real games start. Like they don't really hide that until like, you know, you, you get towards the end of those games and that's usually garbage time and your younger guys are coming out, but usually within those first two quarters, first three quarters even, you you really do see like what those rotations and minutes might look like. So it's kind of interesting like you, get a lot of answers when it comes to those things in, in preseason, at least with, with Billy, it, it, it's definitely seemed that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. And that, that's something that we got to, like you, just, you just said, we got to kind of key, key in on, um, in terms of, of what he may be thinking going into the season with the team that I think, and I think you, you agree, um, on an earlier podcast that this is the best roster he's he's had. Again, it's not a world-beating roster by any stretch of the imagination, but in terms of top to bottom, one through eight, nine, ten, um, this is probably the best personnel group that he's had. And, you know, with that, I think, comes even more responsibility on him and his coaching staff to do better than – what we've seen from this team since Lonzo Ball was hurt um, during the 2021-22 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, and I think that's that's what's interesting to me. Like, he's getting this chance to, like, really get creative. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to see, like, this is a guy that when you brought him in, like, he highly touted coach making good amount of money. You know, he's been extended. Like, I want to see him earn it. Like, what can you do with a little more at your disposal now? Um, mm-hmm. And I get it. It's it's not a championship roster. I understand that. I'm just getting that on the record now. But it is a roster that you do have, you know, different weapons to deploy at the right time. So I, I'm really going to be fascinated by what kind of rotations are out there. Um, and to give you to give a concrete example, I want to go back to something I said, you know, um, a couple minutes ago. You really do learn a lot from Billy in the preseason because go back to the uh, preseason going into the 2022 season. So, you know, the fall of 2021, we saw a lot of Io DeSumo in the rotation with some of the regulars and the starters. And getting into the regular season, that didn't change. And I think we all kind of assumed that would change. And it didn't. He ended up being part of that rotation most of the season. So, you know, it, it is interesting. I think you, you will learn a lot. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting. So, all right, I got a question here. Um, and it's actually for, for two executives here. Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley. So you can... Uh, answer this collectively. They can both say it at the same time if you want. Um, <laughs> so, question for for them: Why is you know why do we keep hearing Zach Levine in these in these trade rumors? You know, it, it seems like there's just a, a lot of smoke. But why do we keep hearing his name being brought up in trade rumors? So, kind of going a little bit back to my last question, and Drew, I'm injecting you with truth serum. You have to answer this, maybe not the exact way that AK and Mark Eversley will say it. Yeah, because I was gonna say if you if if you ask that to AK, AK is just gonna say that he's not gonna respond to rumors mm-hmm. and what somebody's 
heard somebody else say or read from a report. Um, true serum wise, I think he would say something along the lines of as a front office, you have to keep everything in front of you and always be open minded, especially when it comes to building a roster and building a team and putting forth the best team you can on the court. And Zach Levine is more or less our best asset. Um, you know, we don't have to run down who he is as a player and why we feel he is that asset, but teams are going to call and they're going to, um, you know, want to know what they can do to, 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 to pry him away from Chicago. And it's our job to, at the very least, listen and see if anything makes sense for us as a staff in terms of building our roster the way we, the way we want. So, you know, we can listen all we want to. As of today, Zach Levine is still Chicago Bull, so that should tell you something, that despite all these reports, you're still going to see Zach Levine number eight in the Chicago Bulls jersey um, soon enough. So we value Zach, and we're not just going to trade him away for two dozen bags of popcorn. Like, again, this guy is is what he is on the court. We committed to him for five years and the richest contract in franchise history. And that's where it stands right now. If, if somebody presents us with a deal that we feel is going to make us better, um, especially if we can kind of restock the the cupboard and cupboard and stuff in, in terms of draft picks, then that's something that we have to look at. But Zach is a bull right now. I, I know that trade for two dozen bags of popcorn could help Benny the bull out a lot because you know, he could do his old popcorn <laughs> that, trick. That's exactly what I was thinking of. That's that's a lot of popcorn to burn, man, for 41, 41 nights. Hey, so you know <laughs> they they might be interested in that. I think I think Jerry Reinsdorf would get on the phone for that deal. That's a lot of popcorn, you know. He got over that. Um. So it's interesting because I think this is like such a great segue to something I, I did want to chat a little bit about. Um, and that's kind of like all this smoke around like the Dame Damian Lillard trade. Um, and we know like in the last week, some things have heated up with, you know, I think a lot of um, reports were out there that, you know, Miami is just sort of playing the waiting game and trying to see like, Hey, Portland, find a better deal. You find a better deal, great, but you're probably not going to find it, so you're going to come crawling back to us. And there's been sort of this speculation that other teams are getting involved. Um, you know, one team that we've heard a lot about is the Toronto Raptors, who are kind of in a similar position as the Chicago Bulls right now, kind of getting into it. But, you know, it sounds like it's pretty lukewarm and they don't want to be giving up a lot of, you know, young, promising assets to get Dame Willard. So... You know, it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen there. But the Bulls did pop up as, you know, a team rumored to have interest, which is kind of, you know, a little like perked up a little bit because, you know, um, when a name like Damian Lillard kind of gets thrown out there, like I'm I'm intrigued again. I know he's older and, you know, probably a little more expensive than Zach in a couple of seasons. But, you know, I think you have to 
kind of listen at least a little bit and say, oh, that, that could be interesting for the Bulls. But um, this is where it kind of got with some of the different reports. And, and you know, even Casey Johnson, I heard, you know, bring this up on the Bulls Talk podcast on NBC Sports Chicago. You know, the issue that's popping up there is it, the Blazers really aren't interested in what the Bulls got. And, and the name that's floating there, of course, is Zach Levine. So if it's not Zach, you're probably going to have to get other teams involved and there's going to be a lot of different capital given up. And, and this is what I'm wondering, Drew. So it's kind of a, a long way to get a follow-up in here to the Zach question. Then we could talk maybe more about Dame. Mm-hmm. Do the Bulls like, what are they looking to do by trading Zach? Are they really looking to what you said, possibly, you know, restock the cupboard and, get that capital back or are they looking more at like doing a another type of like quick reset and trying to bring in a big name to, I don't know, maybe hope that they can catch lightning in a bottle and make a run and then maybe attract more names down the road. Like what, what are they trying to gain? Cause it seems like they're trying to get into maybe a larger sweepstakes or, do something else because I honestly I thought if they were trading somebody like a Zach Levine like the full resets happening where you're trying to do mass sell-offs to acquire more capital but it seems like they'd be cool bringing in you know somebody who's established to put with DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic which I gotta be honest I'm kind of shocked is that what you're like what are your thoughts on all that do you think like that's the route they seem to want or do they want to be able to do a little bit of both and restock the cupboard while staying competitive? Um, I think it's more towards your, where you were going initially is, is, is more so trying to do a, a quick retool, like a retool on the fly and essentially just replace Zach with Dame. Um, and it seems like try to keep DeMar, maybe sign him um, to an extension and play this thing out with Dame taking Zach's spot. Like that seems more from the reports that I've read, the reports, the reports that are out there. It, it wasn't really about um, restocking draft capital to hold on to it to later, you know, use it in the draft, but rather get it so that you can ship it back out to bring in a bigger fish um, in Damian Lillard to try to keep plowing ahead at this goal for relevancy and, you know, I don't know, a playoff push. Um. I was like you, though. I, I was always of the mind that if they were going to get off of Zach, that this whole thing was just going to be blown up. Um, because at that point, it, it would seem like it made no sense to hang on to DeMar or hang on to Vooch. Um, and I've been one of the one of the guys who, from day one, when this chatter came about, you know, if, if you're not talking about pairing Damian Lillard with Zach Levine, then what are we talking about? But... Mm-hmm. If if it's if we're just looking at Zach and Dame, obviously it wasn't going to be a one a one to one. It was a you know a, the thought process was that it would be a part of a, a multi 
um, team deal, three teams, four teams, whatever the case may be, and you're looking at, okay, well, Dame's better than Zach Levine. Um, and if we're just looking at it from that perspective, I kind of, in my mind, I was like, okay, I, I, I can get with it if the goal is still just to be, it, it's still to chase playoff contention. You know, if they're just so dead set on not rebuilding and doing everything they can not to rebuild, then why not bring Damian Lillard in? You know, I, I still have questions about how he and DeMar would look if that tandem was still here. Um, but I would, you know, I, I could I could be open-minded to see what that looked like. My question would be, would it be similar to the Nikola Vucevic trade where you went in you know, with your foot mashed down on the gas and then you eased up mm. maybe too early, you know, or or unnecessarily. And maybe that's too harsh a criticism given Lonzo Ball's injury and what that did to the vision that the front office had for this team. But that's that's kind of a little bit of, of a concern in my mind. Like, as of today, as we're recording on Tuesday, uh, a report from Mark Spears came out, and I, he made mention that um, interest in uh, using the Bulls or using Zach Levine um, for Damian Lillard, like that's waning right now is a word he used. So it doesn't seem like that's going to come to fruition anyway, but mm-hmm. um, that was just in the back of my mind, just in terms of if they got Damian Lillard, what was going to be the plan from there? Like, how will you continue to support that decision and that move? What that- how, how, how are you going to how, how are you going to prevent the Bulls from just being the Portland Trailblazers of the East? And that that's what I was going to get to. It feels like you're kind of falling into that. Like, if you make this move, right? Like, you have to get multiple teams involved just to get all that capital to line up, and like. I think the Bulls would would take a hit probably with some type of move that would probably include draft capital on their end. And we know you just got over, you know, that that pain from the Vooch trade. You still have maybe some aftershock possibly coming from that DeMar DeRozan sign and trade. So, you know, I'll admit, like, for me, I probably could talk myself into Dame Lillard. You know this, Drew, the listeners that always listen to the revealable podcast. No, I have a, a superstar fetish in the <laughs> NBA. So to me, like, yeah, I'd be all over this. I'd, I'd be interested. I, I would be willing to have short term gain because really like what else is going on? If you're going to commit to just being good enough, might as well do that with somebody star studded like Dame Lillard and maybe hope and pray others follow because Dame's here. But you know, that would be my fear, what you presented. Them going full, you know, foot on the gas, full throttle, whatever you want to call it. And then once he's here, it's like, okay, great, we're good. Let's see what yeah. happens. Let's see how all this works. Instead of really saying, hey, do we need to set ourselves up for, for doing more? But then there was another part that kind of another question that popped in my head. And kind of going back to some other smoke we've kind of gotten. And again, I, I know we talked about this on the last episode that 
you know, Darnell Mayberry from the athletic kind of hinted, like, are they trying to set themselves up for like a Giannis in 2025? And is this sort of a way to like, try to put that out there? Like, Hey, if you opt out, there is a star here and you know, everybody else is expendable. Like screw it. We'll, we'll cast everybody else aside trade all that away and, and at least you got somebody here who's an established star if you want to come down you know drive down i-94 and and come play for the bulls like i i don't know like would not surprise me if maybe they're they're thinking that far out i think that's kind of dangerous and you know how much <laughs> i love superstars and Giannis is like my you know the, the white whale for me but you know, <laughs> that's a dangerous game to play if you're doing that, it is. It's, it's very enticing, you know, without looking at like cap sheets and knowing what the possibilities would be. And along those lines, it's very enticing um, to have two superstars in Chicago. Um, it's, it's not quite the, the level of excitement that, um, you know, LeBron, D Wade, and, and, and Bosch would have brought uh, <laughs> back you know in. You know, what would, you know what it, what it would be? Because, like, I know you're going with, like, the big three signing, right? Mm-hmm. This probably would be more aligned with, like, a poor man's version of what Brooklyn did. Okay? Like, do you remember how, like, Brooklyn had this, like, nice little young upstart team with, you know, D'Angelo Russell and, uh, what was it, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, remember? Yeah. And, you know, they bring in... Durant, they bring in, you know, Kyrie Irving, and they kind of like sold off some of those pieces, though, to kind of make all that happen, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like this would be like a bizarro way, you know, the Bulls think like, oh, you know, we got Nikola Vucevic and we got DeMar DeRozan, and, you know, we just need to like be competitive enough to just entice, you know, one of those stars or two of the, like whatever it is. Like, I feel like it's almost like a, it'd be like a half-ass attempt or like a, a way to try to mimic that, but not without like, you know, I think the big difference with Brooklyn is there were some nice young, intriguing pieces, you know, on the margins that kind of made that happen, you know, but like, I would think it's maybe more similar to that, you know, where they're, they're trying to like keep their window competitive while trying to set themselves up for it. Yeah. They, you know, they, they keep talking about how a, rebu- a rebuild is just not in the cards and, you know, they're about playoffs and, and, and trying to be a legitimate contender for the postseason. So, I mean, in that ca- in that respect, it makes all the sense in the world for them to be um, trying to throw their hat into the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. But, again, it's just like, you know, you can't rest on your laurels if you were to get him. You have to – you know, make it make it make sense. Like, mm. once you get the girl you've been chasing, you don't just stop trying to wine and dine her. Like, you have to you have to make things work, man. You have to continue to um, uh, feed the relationships, uh, for lack of a better lack of a better phrase. You know, you just you got to keep putting in the work to see the results you want. Well, let me just say, if, if you can't get Dame Lillard, Drew, can I interest you in a Tyler Hero? <laughs> I, hey, I just want to do that on purpose. 
we're gonna go out like this. This is your last question. It's not. <laughs> Um, Tyler Hero, man, seems like a, a good guy. Um, interesting fashion sense, but I'm I'm not interested in seeing him on the Bulls. Not in the capacity I think he would be in. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if things change, hey, we'll see. But um, I think I'm I, I I'd rather rather see the Kobe White show than have that turned over to to Tyler Hero. Mm. Yeah, I. Found that interesting. Like that was sort of the ripple effect of well, you know, if the Bulls get involved as a third team with Miami, maybe that's that's what happens. But I don't know. I'm not really interested in it either. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Do you think? And just before we get to you know wrapping up here, would you be interested though if the Bulls got involved somehow as a third team, like just seeing if maybe they could you know gather some other capital or. Or, you know, something like, I, I don't know who they would send out to kind of balance it, but do you think it might be enticing to get in as a third team in, in this Dame trade or in a James Harden trade? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, especially if it, you know, I guess we would assume it would be to make the team better. Um, and it would also show that, the front office is still kind of being active and looking at how they can, you know, build the best roster possible. Um, I'd be for sure be interested in it, you know, um, as this team is not one that seems destined to be playing for the Larry O'Brien trophy. Like why not continue to kind of uh, move things around a little bit? Yeah. I, I don't think it would hurt. Like, I, I just feel like, yeah, whatever it is, like you got to be either coming back with like maybe a key rotational piece, um, you know, because I, I wonder what would be shipped out. Like that would be my only question: what gets shipped out? Like, are is this, you know, including a Zach Levine in that trade, like to go someplace else? Like I, I don't know, um, or is it, you know, shipping out somebody else to bring something in, like? You know, I the only thing I want, don't want to be doing is shipping out draft capital. That'd be the only thing that would terrify me a little bit. Same, same. It's you know, there's there's the last or the next couple of years are kind of up on the up in the air. They'll they'll have their first round pick in 2024, and then I want to say it's like top eight, top ten protected um, to San Antonio the next three. No, that can't be. Is that right? Next three summer, something like that. Like if it doesn't convey, um, so they're kind of tied up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. I, I'm gonna look that up again. The uh, let's see. So the protections for that is picker may may or may not transfer. Da da da. Um. Oh, why can't I find the protection? Okay, here we go. So it will see. So if it's a draft pick, uh, first round pick two years after Bulls send first round pick to Magic from earlier trade, protected top 10 in first year, so 2025, top eight in second, top, uh, top eight in second and third year, mm-hmm. or else in 2028, it becomes a second round pick. So yeah, it's ugh, yeah a little, you know, dicey there. That's why I really wouldn't want to be getting into the game of trading 
any of those kind of picks like first round capital or even doing swaps like I just, I feel like we're we're way too much in a hole for that to happen. Yeah, and there's some very in, intriguing prospects that are should be coming out in 25 and 26 and maybe 27 if I'm not mistaken, starting with Cooper Flag in 2025. So mm. Yeah, man. Um <laughs> this this thing could look could look different in the next couple seasons. Yeah, it 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 really could. Uh, so I guess Drew, as we as we wind down, um, I guess I'm gonna just a couple questions for you, and want to kick it off with asking you, you know, what you're looking forward to most covering the Bulls for the Bigs this year. Um, it's probably not the most exciting answer, but I think I'm just I'm looking forward to building relationships um while i was fortunate enough to cover um i think it was 10 or 11 home games last season um i was not able to make any practices um i wasn't at media day um so this is my first media day coming up on on monday but just looking forward to kind of know getting to know these guys and having them maybe to a certain degree get to know me outside of me just sticking my phone in their face and asking them questions on the record. Um, I think that's kind of the lifeblood of good journalism is is developing and fostering relationships with players um, so that, you know, you, you build that trust with them, you know. Um, outside of that, it's just, I mean, it really is just a dream come true, man, just being able to be at the United Center and see this thing from a different angle than what I've been accustomed to every year of my life, you know, prior to this past season. Um, you know, it never gets old or it never got old. Um, it's just growing more comfortable uh, in that role, if that makes sense. Uh, it definitely makes sense. And it, it it's got to be interesting for you because, like, you're in this this spot where you're kind of going to see how the sauce is made a little bit more, right? Like, um, and it's got to be an interesting feeling. And I know you got a, a little bit of a, a taste of it, you know, this past season. Um, so it, you know, it'll just be nice for you to get that bigger sneak peek. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and this is something I'm dying to know. That if I told you when you started like writing during the, the pandemic and everything, you, you kind of were getting your, your written word out there for you know NBA and the Bulls. If I had told you that you'd be credentialed and covering games, press conferences, getting access to the locker room, etc., what would you have said at that at that moment when you just like first blog post you put out there and, and the first set of tweets you put out there? What would you have said if I had told you that, hey, this is going to come down the road two, three years later? I'd have probably been like, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop, stop playing with me, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would not have believed it. Not, not one bit. Um, been watching this team since I was a little boy. It was the first basketball team I knew, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, very fortunate enough to 
kind of have my formative years coincide with Michael Jordan and this team's rise to to fame and the six titles. So um, it's very much, um, you know, a, 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 it's been a, a surreal experience. It still is. It still is. Um, I kind of have to remind myself that, you know, these guys are humans too, man. They, they just happen to be basketball players and some of the best basketball players in the world. Um, I think it can be sometimes easy to get caught up in what they do as a, as a, as a, for their profession rather than just looking at them as people first, mm. you know, um, yeah, this is it's, it's it's it has been and it still is a hell of a ride. Mm. And it's it's only gonna get better, man. So, I guess be, before I I hand it off to you to kind of give you know last words and, and kind of say, you know your 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 final piece as a co-host here, um, I do want to thank you for you know contributing and and being a co-host here for the last uh, you know year and change because. You know, as I've said before, you know, I had stopped the podcast in the midst of the 2022 season uh, with the new year and really was not planning on getting back into it. But, you know, felt that itch around the playoffs and everything and, and felt like I was missing out on it. But I knew I needed to jumpstart it. And, you know, I was so thrilled that you said yes, because you had been on the podcast as a guest and I thought you were one of the better guests that I I had on over the you know I think you know, I think it was like I had you on a few times over like a, a three month period four month period and I, I was like hey you know this is somebody I think that that could definitely do this on the mic and you know I can't thank you enough for for coming on and doing this and taking a leap you know like you, you definitely said you know you're more comfortable in the in the writing space. But you would have never known that. I think you are natural at this, and you know I hope that there's still opportunities for you to do, you know, more podcasting at certain points. Um, and you always know the door is open. But um, you know, and and like I said earlier, like you'll definitely be a guest on this podcast. I don't think you're you're never coming back. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll you'll be on. You'll be on plenty of times. But you know, thanks again, and and thank you so much for just coming on here and and just jump starting and adding a, a new life to the podcast because it definitely brought me I think back from the dumps a little bit it got me more juice to, to talk about the bulls it kept me more consistent throughout the year um which was tough the year before so I definitely thank you for doing that and and being a really damn good co-host over the last you know year and and few months so thank you thank you man it's it's really been my pleasure man um i think you were the the first person that ever invited me on to a podcast mm. um i'm pretty sure about that um so thank you for the opportunity uh several other people i'm sure you could have offered this opportunity to um as i was then i am now humbled to be able to share this space with you and for you to be so gracious, man. I think from day one, you, Hey, this is your podcast too. This is not, you know, Matt 
genteel featuring Drew Stevens like every 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 week. Like this this is a, a team effort, and I appreciate you letting me in on something that was your brainchild and something that you've done remarkably well with. Um, you know, you know that I think very highly of you. Um, I think you are one of the most creative content creators that we have in Bulls Nation. Um, I definitely think that, uh, you know, I, I think that you're like the best kept secret as well because you don't do this on a full-time basis and some of the other guys that we, guys and girls that we have in this space do. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, it, it gets lost in a shuffle just what you bring to the table um, as a host, as a content creator, as a fan, um, just your mind too. You're very smart, you're intelligent. And although you do have a superstar fetish, like it's very much within the context of the Bulls being better. And it's not just you throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Like there is good things or reasonable um, explanations for everything that you put out there. And I can't tell you how much I've learned from you since we've been doing this. And um, I'm going to miss doing this with you. <laughs> I really am. But it's not a goodbye. You know, like you and I still be on Twitter. We still have each other's numbers. We're not going to oh, stop yeah. talking bulls. It's just hey. it won't be in this specific space. That's all. I am still pissed we never got to run the Lonzo hair stats. Man, like, you. <laughs> because, like, dude, that that was gold, and I'll be honest, I'm like, I had a list of reasons to, to have Drew as a co-host when I before I reached out to him, and, like, I think number two or number three was probably, ooh, the Lonzo stat. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, I, that's the one thing I wish, ugh. Never, it's never going to happen, but... You know, yeah. hey, who knows if he ends up coming back, you know, get plays a game. I'll make sure that you you come on after that first game to update the stat. <laughs> hey, man, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. You just got to make sure he grows his hair back out, That's man. True. So unless <laughs> unless you have now a new column for that, you know, for the whatever the next do is. Um, <laughs> so I guess before I sign off with every all the details of where to follow and everything Drew, for you. What do you want to say to the listeners before you you sign off as co-host um, and, you know, start this next chapter? Man, just simply put, thank you for, for listening to to me and Matt, man. There's so much good content out there that's being produced. And, you know, you guys don't have to keep coming back, but you do. And it's very much appreciated. Um you know, we're just two guys who like basketball, who grew up watching the Bulls and, and want to see this team do well. Um, and we just talking to a mic <laughs> once or twice a week. Um, and, you know, a lot of times during this past season, it's been kind of therapeutic just because of the, the state that this team has been in and the state that this franchise has been in. And um, your support is always appreciated and will continue to be in whatever way it comes. So um, thank you guys for, for listening, man. For real, it means more than I could ever really express properly. And again, 
Drew's gonna gonna be still popping in as a guest, you know, pretty frequently and and talking about the Bulls. So, um, you know, it, it it's it's definitely not a a goodbye. It's a see you later, and I I hate that freaking expression, but I guess it makes sense, right? <laughs> um, well, I'm just gonna just sign off with the usual details. You can still follow Drew at Look What Drew Did, one of the best Twitter X handles out there. So. Still follow Drew. Uh, Drew, where can they follow the Bigs? Just so everybody knows. You can follow us at It's the Bigs on on Twitter. So the proper name is the Bigs, but our handle is It's the Bigs. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, follow the Bigs. Follow Drew. You'll get all that great Bulls coverage, and you know, get some really great. I- Grade A writing and I think even grade A like video recaps and stuff like that. I love all that stuff they do over there. Um, but you can also follow, of course, the Rebuildable Podcast. And you can follow me at mgenteel88. And the Rebuildable Podcast is at rebuild underscore A underscore bowl. The best thing you can do is subscribe, of course, to all your uh, the major platforms that Stream podcasts, so Apple, Spotify, Google, all those places that you stream your podcasts. You can find the Rebuildable Podcast. Drew's a subscriber, okay? Absolutely. Like, do what Drew does. You know, now now Drew's just a fan of the podcast, <laughs> and he's following it. So you should be too, damn it. All right? Make make Drew proud as he walks out the door as the co-host, okay? Follow the podcast. He, he wants you to. I'm putting words in his mouth. No, no, but it's accurate, though. It's accurate. There you go. See? Straight from Drew himself. So, <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of fun, Drew. And again, the door is always open for you. And can't wait to see what you do with it, with the bigs and uh, in your, your journey as a writer and content creator. So really proud of you. Go knock them dead this year. With Drew Stevens, for the last time as co-host, I'm Matt Gentile. And Rebuildable Podcast will be back soon. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.